Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Our final hour of the week. Thanks for being with us. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time's running out. To get to KXNO.com, upload a photo of you and your mom. You've got an opportunity to win a $500. They're worth $500. A pair of diamond earrings. Fiscus Jewelers in Ankeny. Mother's Day is Sunday, and uh, this contest getting set to close. Fiscus Jewelers in Ankeny, a $500 pair of diamond earrings. KXNO.com, upload a photo of you and your mom. Nick Athen covers the Chiefs for us, primetimesportstalk.com. You can follow Nick on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. Nick, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on as we take a look at the NFL schedule. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, You know, I'm sunny Florida today, so I can't complain much. And, uh, you know, just continue to walk. Thank God for the National Football League. Yeah, I'll say. They have saved our bacon the last couple of months, and hopefully all this madness and nonsense will be over soon. Yeah. We'll get back to We'll be get back to press boxes and rooting for our team. <laughs> Indeed, uh, can't wait for those days, Nick. Well, we're we're going to have to wait until the uh, the tenth of September opening night. Yeah, that game makes the most sense. I know there was a lot of well, it's got to be the Patriots, the Patriots. And, and Trent made a good point. Mm-hmm. He he thought it would be the Patriots, and you know I bought his theory, thinking we don't know how good New England's going to be, but don't you want to see them? Early in the year, you know, how will they be without Brady? Uh, is Belichick still going to be Belichick? And for that reason, maybe you put the Patriots yeah. on early before they, you know, start to uh, crash and burn, if you will. But it's the Texans. And as we go back to that playoff game, Nick, just a dinger of a playoff game, I think at the end of the day, the NFL got it right. Texans and Chiefs to open the season. Yeah, I, I think it was the right move. I mean, there was some talk that they were going to do the four NFC teams against the four AFC teams the first four weeks. Uh, but that, uh, luckily, I'm glad they didn't do that. Instead, they chose two home games and two away games in case there's a scheduling conflict or they have to delay the season. But uh, I agree with you. I think they made the right choice. Um, you know, I think it was pretty much really the only game under consideration, to be honest with you. All the hype, you know, they're going to be able to shove it in the Texans' face that they blew a 24 nothing lead in the second quarter. Host the Super Bowl uh, trophy, banners, the crowd's going to be going nuts. Um, I, I think secretly this is probably the team the Chiefs wanted to face as well. Just decided to say, okay, we're just going to put you down and out after week one, and then we're going to move on to week two. Um, I, I think it's a good motivational game and a, and a great matchup to start the season. You know, early on, the schedule certainly, I would say, is pretty difficult. You mentioned the Texans, and mm-hmm. we'll see what they're going to be this year. Of course, Hopkins on his way to Arizona going to change what they are dynamically, you'd figure offensively. But then back-to-back roadies, Chargers and Ravens before the Patriots uh-huh. after that. The early portion of the schedule, first six weeks, seven weeks, you throw the Broncos road game in there. Not exactly going to be able to cruise into things, it doesn't feel like, for the Chiefs. No, I think the first six games are, are pretty difficult for them. You know, Obviously, they go to the Chargers, but we don't know. You know who their quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're either going to get a, a journeyman guy or a rookie, mm-hmm. and and it's, all the great moves they made offensively and defensively, there's absolutely no way they're going to be ready right. to match points with the Chiefs in week two. 
The Ravens game, I mean, honestly, that's probably uh, probably one of the better matchups of the season. I think the Chiefs are going to love to go into Baltimore and, and try and get a win. This is going to have playoff ramifications, number one seeding. Remember, only the number one seed gets a bye week this year. Um, and then you get the Patriots to kind of just say, you know, let's put the nail in the coffin. Um, and then the Raiders, but then they have a short week to go to Buffalo to play the Bills. It's tough. And what I think is going to be is going to that's going to be tough. Yep. After that, you know, it just, the schedule kind of thins out a little bit until you get to the end of November. You know, when they got to play the Bucks on the road, they got to play the Saints on the road, uh, they got to play the Dolphins on the road. They got a little traveling to do. Uh, fortunately, see those games are in Florida, so I'm not too upset about it. But it, it, it's it's more difficult in the beginning. Uh, you know, not as difficult in the end. In the middle is is completely manageable to where I think you could probably get 12 wins out of the schedule. Mm. You didn't mention the UFC Drew Locke twice. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I love the kid. I love him in Missouri. I think it was, it was just a sham that he was drafted so late. I think the Broncos have their quarterback in the future. I do, too. I just am I not so. sold on that coaching staff. I'm not sold on the coaching staff. Yeah, Sorry. It, you know, it remains to be seen. I, I, I'm with yep. you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the – uh, Nick, you you mentioned the the the, the uh, playoff ramifications. I mean, I know it's week three, and it's crazy to think that it does, but it's a tiebreaker. Yep. You know, it's head to head. Ravens and Chiefs—they're clearly the two, in my opinion, anyways, the two teams yep. at the top of the AFC pecking order. And it seems crazy to think that week three could have a say on the playoffs. But seeding wise, it's a great point. Head to head. Yeah, it, it, it is because the Ravens have the softest schedule in the league this year. They just. They've inherited the Patriot formula for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a bunch of no-brainers in the, like the last eight weeks of the season. Um, you know, it, it, again, it depends on how competitive that division is. You know, this Roethlisberger come back. You know, they can be able to get that mess of a show in Cleveland worked out. You know, the Bengals are still going to be the Bungles until you know they they get their 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 act together, and it's going to take them a couple of years to be a good team. You know, unless there's some surprises on the schedule late and they just fall flat now. You know, if the Chiefs beat up the Ravens, then they're going to be looking over their shoulder a little bit and go, hey, we got to keep winning. Maybe they press. But honestly, to me, the team that wins that, I would say it's probably got a better than 60% chance to be the number one seed. Um, for the Chiefs, it's going to be more difficult because their schedule is a lot harder. For the Ravens, if they just do what they did against bad teams last year and don't collapse under the pressure like they did in the postseason, um, you know, they can be 14-2 and two very easily with their schedule. You know, I'm just looking at the Ravens, guys. They don't play out of the Eastern time zone after week no. two. Really? They yeah. play then. They play the Texans in the Central time zone. There's no Pacific time zone games yep. for the Ravens. 6,000 total miles of travel. That's it? The Chiefs have like, yeah, 6,000. The Chiefs have 15. The Chargers have like 26,000. The Chargers were, were just, <laughs> you know, they were just, they were just taking out the cleaners. That schedule is absolutely brutal. They go to the East Coast, I think, four times. Jeez. Um, and in consecutive weeks or, or every other week for like, it's just ridiculous how messed up that schedule is for the Chargers. So clearly they want the Rams to be successful because there's no way with all that travel with a young quarterback that, that they're going to be, be that successful this year. So, but the Ravens, again, they, they've got every, the Ravens have everything to potentially go 16 and 0. Um, I'm not sold on the quarterback. I'm not going to be sold. Really? Wins in the, but I, I'm telling you. If you force the guy to throw, I watched too many games last year of him. He doesn't throw the ball well. He has not learned. He has not learned at this stage of his career that you can throw to someone else besides a tight end or a running back. He has to make some nice throws to his receivers. He hasn't had great receivers, uh, but I'm just not sold on him. I, I 
I didn't like the leadership and that loss to the Titans on the sideline, throwing the F-bombs everywhere, not huddling his team together, not trying to focus. Um, I didn't like the fact that, you know, he was just, he became a one-dimensional quarterback. He threw 36 touchdown passes, 36 to 6, and he ran for 1,200 yards. What don't you like about him? I'm just telling you, I think we have to throw the ball, okay? Mm -hmm. And defenses are going to figure this offense out a little bit, even though they've got a trio of running backs that are spectacular, and you've got four running backs basically if you count him. For me, I still say you have to have a quarterback that can pass the ball in and out of the pocket effectively the same way. Mm-hmm. To be successful in the National Football League, I have not seen it. Maybe this is the year. He's the reigning MVP. I'm just saying, if I if I want to pick a quarterback to win the, the title game, I'm going to pick Mahomes. Can, no, listen, can, I'm with you there. I take Mahomes over okay. anybody in the if, league. If, if, if he can... Listen, if he can develop into a better passer and be down by seven points with two minutes to go and lead a long drive and start making the things like that happen outside of his feet, because at some point you need big chunks of yards to come back in game. And I, I'm just I'm just not sold. I'm just not sold on him yet. He's still got a lot to prove. And he hasn't won a playoff game. He's looked terrible in both of his playoff games. And uh, I, I'm just I, I'm not a fan yet. Doesn't mean I don't think he's a good player. Doesn't mean that he can't win a Super Bowl. Um, but I'm just I'm not there yet. He's got a lot to prove. So does Watson. Watson's got the same mm-hmm. thing. Watson had a plethora of weapons, and he played some stink games last year. And there really shouldn't have been situations. I mean, look at what happened when they faced the Broncos last year. No excuse with a rookie quarterback to lose that game at home with the importance on it, yeah. and he laid an egg. You can't you can't lay an egg in the National Football League now. The good thing for Lamar is that they've got a soft schedule, so he could probably stumble and still win the division and still be the one or two seed, you know, being above average if he utilizes all the weapons. It's not the number. Look at Mahomes, the transition from year one to year two as a starter. His numbers were less. Mm-hmm. His touchdowns were less. Everything was different. He got injured. He did all, all those things and what they still won a Super Bowl. And he was a better quarterback last year than he was the year before. I shudder to think with all these guys coming back in Kansas City, how good Mahomes is going to be this yeah, year. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> because, I mean, it's, think about this. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Name one game last year, including the playoffs, where Patrick Mahomes in the offense was in sync for more than two quarters in a single game. I would be hard-pressed to find mm-hmm. one. A lot of comebacks. The, the Ravens' def- defense, to me, I mean, mm-hmm. I love I love Derek Wolf. He was a terrific Bronco. I'm going to miss him. Yeah. Calais Campbell is outstanding. Patrick Queen, their draft choice. Thomas has something left. You saw Marcus Peters. I think he's motivated right. now, and he's Marlon Humphrey's a good player. Uh, Williams, the nose tackle is good. I think the defense is loaded. Maybe Justin Tucker's still the best kicker in the league. Yep. Uh, you mentioned uh, the running game, Ingram, Dobbins. Man, oh man, that's a tough, think, tough. That defense—that's the best defense in the national. I think it is. No it could be. No disrespect to San Francisco, but to me, that Ravens defense is the best. Now, again, <clears throat> that's what Lamar Jackson has to say. Okay, I don't have to do everything. I got a defense. Field position is okay a few times, but my defense do stuff. You know, we don't know what their old Thomas situation is going to be. Ultimately, you know, he could be cut. You know, who knows how that thing's going—that story's going to unfold. But they have, I think, arguably the best defense. Um, and they have probably the second best quarterback in the National Football League. Is that good enough to beat uh, an above average defense in Kansas City and the best player in the NFL? That remains to be seen. I guess we'll find out part of that in week three. I like the Chargers defense too, fellas. 
26,000 miles driving. Flying. That's a lot. I didn't realize that. Is that the NFL sticking it to Dean Spanosa? You moved your team to L.A.? Here you go, Dino. Yeah, he got all that coin and everything. Yeah. He's just like, hey, man, we sell more tickets, dude. Oh. Give you less travel. Oh, man. I don't know, man. That's, that whole situation. And who knows what's going to happen in California. You know, the governor there is playing politics oh. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you can see you can see all, all three of those West Coast teams being playing elsewhere. I mean, I think Arizona and Vegas could be busy every weekend. Yeah, Pac-12 football is, is going to be – we yeah. don't know what that's going to look like. On Saturdays yeah. as well. Nick, uh, thanks for coming on and giving us a few minutes. Um, I'm with you. I mean, clearly uh, Kansas City is is the team to beat in the West by a long shot. And uh, yep. between them and the Ravens, and we get to see that game in Week 3. And, you know, head-to-head is right at the top of the tiebreaker list, and that could come into play. As you mentioned, there's only one team gets a bye. Uh, the one yep, C right. gets the bye. Everybody else is playing on opening week. Good stuff, Nick Athen. Thank you. All right, gents. Uh, be safe up there. I'll talk to you next time. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com, primetimesportstalk.com. Just uh, got an email from Jimmy Shapiro. I told you he sends me all these odds all the time yeah. uh, from offshore. Every NFL game outside of Week 17, a point spread is now mm-hmm. out uh, for some of the dings. Here's a couple of notes. Home team favored 166 times. That's 64.8% of the time. Obviously, 28.9% for the road team uh, with... Pick'em at 6.3. Week 5, the most home favorites, 14 of the 15 games. The home team is favored in Week 5. Week 7, the only week where more road teams are favored than home. So a couple of notes as we go through the schedule. and What's the Week 3 all. line? What, what's, the, what's the Steelers? Are the Steelers? The, the Ravens-Chiefs line? Ravens-Chiefs. Let me scroll through here. Ravens by 2. Okay. Yep. Fair? Yep. I think so. How about uh, Thanksgiving games? You want those? Yes. Point spreads, Thanksgiving games. Let's get to them. That would be... Texans Deet. Texans Deet. What is it? Week 12? Is that right? Uh, or 11. 11, 12. 12. Okay. Houston. The Lions are favored by one. That seems weird. Uh-huh. Cowboys favored by 11 over Jeez. Washington. And the Ravens, a two-and-a-half point road favorite in Pittsburgh. Oh, it's fun to look at. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, it is. I'm. I'm so. It's. It's real now. At least that's how it feels to me. That right? week twelve, the Thanksgiving week. We talked about this yesterday oh, when the yeah, release the, came out. Yes, we get Packers Bears Sunday night let, football. Let me get to week twelve. Let me get it in front of me before we start talking about it. So okay, got the go three ahead. Thanksgiving games we just talked yep. about. Also serving up Packers Bears Sunday night. Packers mm. a four and a half point favorite. How about the late afternoon window? 49ers Rams, pretty good. Yep. Saints Broncos. Okay. Yes, in Denver, and Tampa hosting Kansas City. What's the number on that one? Chiefs by one. Jeez, they love the Buccaneers, don't they? They do. Too much love. I'm going to be on the under on the Bucs. The the, the win total is what for them? Nine and a half. So it went up. Didn't it open at eight and a half before the Brady news came out? So they gave them an extra game. Uh, The NFL loves them, gave them five primetime spots. Nine and a half is the number. You like under? I like under. I'm betting against Tom Brady. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. Money just falling out of the account. How many years did we bet against Tom Brady, right? Well, you did a lot more than me. You I were, know. You it's were over. more hopeful that it's yes. It's over. There's no more. <laughs> Jacksonville in the AFC Championship. Oh. Though you looked good at that one for a while, didn't you? Yeah, week one. <laughs> we all downhill after week two. We'll take a timeout. Uh, we are going to hear from Tom Caker, but before we do that. 
KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. FAMILY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Trent and I with you until noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're Monday through Friday, 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106- Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, as we take you until noon. Time to talk some Hawks. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program. Tom, Trent, and Ken, good to speak with you. How was your week, Tom Caker? Week was good. Week was good. Thanks for asking. Hope everything is good for you guys. Absolutely is. We could use some sports. We got the NFL schedule last night. Was certainly was a nice respite from what we've been going through. But uh, everybody's in the same boat, Tom. Let's start with the decommitment of. Uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. I'll leave it up to you. Ola Dukan uh, is my best guess uh, who committed or uh, was going to be a Hawkeye, but now apparently is going to slow things down and uh, and, and take a uh, take another look. You got the name right. So uh, oh, it's a good day. Yeah. Um, I had to check too. Okay. I had to check early on too. <laughs> uh, Gary Dolphin celebrates. I think. Yeah. The, uh, the word. Um, but yeah, he's uh, you know going to kind of slow things down. It, it's interesting because um, there's the you know a certain segment of fans who thought, well, maybe it's because I would pressure him. I would you know he came out right away and said I would didn't pressure me at all. And that's just not their nature. They don't do that. I don't know why Iowa fans assumed that uh, right out of the gate because it's just not the Ferentz way. Um, you know, he's. Uh, I, I just. I think right now there's a couple of things going on with a lot of guys. You're seeing a real spike in commitments because kids are trying to reserve spots on the bus, mm-hmm. and they're um, they've got time on their hands. They don't have visits that they can go make. We don't know when they're going to be able to start making visits. Uh, it looks like the NCAA is going to kind of put the kibosh to at least June 30th, which is going to cancel Iowa's big recruiting weekend on uh, the 19th. Uh, so they just don't know. And I think kids are just kind of getting all antsy about um, finding the spot. And it's probably part of what, he did and he's kind of like i gotta slow things down and the other thing i think is you're seeing a lot of kids trying to stay close to home and Mm -hmm. he's the only florida kid on the list right now or was on the list and i just think uh some of that's going to come into play in recruiting uh where kids you know it's a natural instinct Uh, you're a young guy you want to stay close to home in times like these Tom, I know years ago, Rivals had uh, one of the most interesting stories I've read about recruiting. It talked about just that, just that more than anything, that is number one for recruits is staying at least relatively close to home. I think it was like a, a four-hour drive, something like that. You're still going to pick and choose. You're a state like Iowa. you got to go into Florida and Texas to find different uh, guys to make out your 20-guy recruiting roster. But overall, that's something very big. And does it feel like it's going to go to an even a bigger level because of the pandemic? And in the interim, does that mean... 
Now, the guys that do recruit in the South, maybe they're going to re-engage more in the Midwest and look at some of those other prospects to maybe fill out the rest of this recruiting class. Yeah, I think you're still going to try and get some of those guys, but I do think that, that guys are just going it's, to, it's almost going to exacerbate that, that trend or that thought that stay close to home um, just because it's going to, you know, travel's going to be harder for your parents to come watch you play. Um, you know, if, you know, when and if we get football back and when and if we get fans in the stands, uh, um, all those things are going to be kind of a factor here. So it's, it's, um, yeah, until we kind of get a better grasp of what this is all going to look like. And I don't think we, we have any idea at this point what it's all going to look like. Um, I think kids are going to maybe err on the side of caution and maybe the, you know, if things get better in a few months, then things open up and you can make visits and people start feeling more comfortable. We, we start to kind of turn a corner a little bit, then maybe guys will go back to kind of the norm of what recruiting looks like. But right now everybody's getting antsy, I think is the word with commitments. And, and, uh, so I think, you know, if things, kind of clear up a little bit. Maybe we'll see more decommitments as guys kind of reassess their situations. Hmm. I just know we've got uh, TV on Channel 13 here in the, in the studio. Uh, Channel 13 is going to show the uh, the Orange Bowl, uh, 2009 Orange Bowl, on Sunday morning at 11. Oh, wow. Georgia, Te- Georgia Tech and Iowa, Sunday morning at 11. You Hawkeye fans want to watch that one again. Tom is at it. I was there. She showed Keith Murphy on, on the field <laughs> 11 years ago, whatever it was, 10 years ago. It looks a little bit different, as we all did, right, Tom Kaker? Uh, back in those days. Hey, Tom, what are you hearing? Because it seems like, and I know Gary Barta, uh, was uh, had um, uh, a press conference yesterday. Um, Gene Taylor came out with his seven ways, seven uh, a checklist of seven things need to happen at K State. Uh, Barta says he's got seventy-seven uh, potential things on the drawing board, and I think I mean obviously he was being I uh, was embellishing a little bit, but I certainly got his point right. I mean they're they're throwing so much stuff against the wall, so many contingency plans uh, that they've they've got to be ready for all these different circumstances. What was your takeaway? away from Barty yesterday? Yeah, that was at a, I, I think, a, a Board of Athletic Control or something meeting that uh, that I did not attend. Okay. So I didn't even know about it until I saw that Mark Morehouse and Scott Dockerman had both uh, been there. So I, they didn't give me a notice on that one. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, think it, I think it was actually a Zoom call that maybe they, they had gotten on, but that wasn't for everybody, I guess. So, Anyway, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think the things that I've heard talking to some people, um, you know, associated with the Big Ten Conference and, and everything is that they are making all kinds of plans. And some of those are kind of coming out now. You saw James Franklin this week speak what I had heard about two weeks ago, which was they're even drawn up plans where maybe a couple Big Ten schools can't go, right. but like 12 of them can or 10 of them can. We're just going to go without you. You can get your cut of the the TV money, but we're just going to play on. And that's on the table. And then you're going to have to readjust schedules. Uh, I think everything has to be on the table. That's all they have right now to do is to kind of plan for contingencies and hope that they get to to a point where they can execute something. Um, You know, I've said from the beginning, money is a giant motivator. And when you've got $54 million, on the table, it is hard to say, well, we just can't go this year. 
and they're going to do everything, uh, you know, move heaven and earth to to make this happen. And in fact, they've opened it up now. You saw yesterday some of the stories from the conference commissioners. Initially, they were, yeah, we can't go if there's no, no students. students. Now yeah. it's like, yeah, we can probably right. go. <laughs> and that's, again, a financial decision. Yeah, we can. And in some ways, that might be better mm-hmm. because um, you're just not, there's not as many exposures then uh, that your players would have to the potential of COVID-19, you know, so I I think in some ways that might actually be a better solution. Now we'll see what Iowa does, what Purdue does, what Illinois does. Uh, You know, it's just going to vary everywhere, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, over two little hoops before we run out of time. Iowa looking at a, a big guy that uh, decommitted from Wake Forest. I know a couple of names looking for the heir apparent, it looks like, to Luca Garza in future years. Yeah, they they kind of poked their head in on the Jalen Gibson kid. But, that, you know, Fran has said um, when he did his Zoom conference with us about a week ago that he was done for 2020. So they're not looking to bring anybody else in. And so I'll take him on his word that he's doing that. But they're working on uh, – uh, 2021 with, uh, they did a, a zoom kind of virtual visit with, uh, Peyton Sanford, the, uh, you know, the kid from you guys is neck mm-hmm. of the woods. And, uh, and also the did one with, uh, Gabe Woodsnitzer, the big kid from, uh, our great military Academy out in Virginia. I, I think those are two of the guys that they would like to get. They've only got two scholarships in 2021. So they, they're going to be able to, kind of slow play things but it's tough now because you can't go out and evaluate any kids and i don't know that you'll be able to evaluate anybody this year uh in 2021 2022 2023 and that's just boy that's really it makes it hard especially for um for basketball right now to to kind of uh recruit and find some different targets and make good evaluation. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Tom, I know that uh, the deadline to withdraw uh, for, from the uh, from the NBA draft is, is June the 3rd. That's the early entrant withdrawal deadline. Uh, where are we? May the 8th today. Do you, when do you expect Luca Gard? Do you expect that he will go right to June 3rd? Uh, or do, do, you have a, do you have any idea? what? How do you think this is going to play out? When does he make the determination? You know what I'm kind of waiting for is the NBA to kind of say, we're going to push this back. Mm. And um, because the NBA has basically said, if you listen to any of the NBA people, they're like, yeah, the draft's not happening June 25th or whatever. I think It is the 25th. It was supposed to be, yeah. And, and they're just not going to, it's not going to happen unless, you know, they shut down the season. But even then, I don't, um, you know, I don't think they would do it June 25th because they're, Everybody kind of wants to maybe try and get some guys in for visits and workouts and things. But if you can't do those, what, you know, it, there's just so much up in the air. But I think August is probably August, September would be the draft maybe for the NBA. And maybe they'll push it back to August, the, the early part of August, so they can maybe get some visits in and some um, workouts in in July maybe. But everything is just so much up in the air. We don't know. And, um uh, but I, Luca's back in Iowa City, according to Fran. So I, I just don't see any team living up to what Luca wants, which is he wants a guarantee of being on a roster for the full year, and he doesn't want to go between the big club and the G League. So I don't know that there's a team that's going to offer him that opportunity. 
big expectations coming into the year. Hopefully, we get a basketball season in front of this. Iowa hasn't dealt with this. Fran McCaffrey has never dealt with these kind of expectations before. What do you think the game plan is going to be? Um, he's embracing them. He's yeah. embracing the expectations. So, um, you know what I'm curious about is what he's going to do schedule wise, and um, you know they're going to host their own tournament according to Fran. What he said last week, and uh, but I, I wonder if he's going to try and poke in some, you know, like uh, something like they did in South Dakota or Chicago, put that in there. Um, you'd think they would get a marquee game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and probably the Gavit game. So, uh, you know, maybe a Creighton-Iowa game makes sense. Um, you know, maybe they get Duke or North Carolina this year for the mm. Big Ten ACC. I think that would be great. Or maybe Virginia. That, those yeah. would be fun games and help uh, bolster that uh that non-con schedule. Well, wouldn't that be something if one of those three heavy heads came came in or were on the schedule? My God, that would be unbelievable. Early in the year for that, sign me up. Bring on Duke. Brit, do you get, absolutely. That's who you want, right? Yes. I think so. Virginia's a great story. No, or North Carolina, man. Duke. Yeah, okay. It's Duke. Okay. Tom, great stuff. Thank you, Tom Kakert. The, uh, the deadline's still going out to get that free trial at Rivals. Yes, yes, till the end of this month, and it's uh, free, and you, you sign up, you become a subscriber, and it's free until September 1st. You don't have to pay anything, and you can bail out any time. So uh, come join us. Good stuff. Certainly worth the money. Tom Caker at com, part of the Rivals Network. Tom, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Oh, okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Caker on Iowa. Um, how about this? This 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 virus. Uh, Governor Pence's plane was delayed leaving Washington because one of the one of his staffers, somebody that was get on that flight, tested positive today for Corona. Wow! This on the heels of yesterday, uh, one of the president's valets tested positive. Mm. Just it just goes to show you, right? You never know where it is. You don't. It's the invisible enemy. It's well said. We will take a time out. Come back. Uh, finish up the program. Restaurant radio recap. Who did we have on this week? Who did we talk about this week? It's the weekend. Some of you may be making plans for takeout or uh, takeout carryout. I know any restaurant central I would love to see, but we'll remind you of the ones that we had on, and you can be a part of it. Your restaurant, your favorite restaurant, just let them know that they can reach out to Trent Condon on Facebook or myself, Ken Miller Show at gmail.com. We do restaurant radio Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1020 till 11 o'clock as we, oh, get eight, 10, 11 restaurants in, uh, that time, that, uh, time segment that window and we talk about what they're doing to get through these times we'll recap what we did earlier in the week ncmic makes it possible trent and i until noon 1460 kxno 106.org ken miller trent condon miller and condon on 1460 kxno and now on 106.3 fm Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes here of a Friday, 106.3 FM, and of course, 1460 AM, Restaurant Radio. We will recap it, then maybe preview episodes 7 and 8, the penultimate weekend of the last dance. I think they get into the baseball foray in this in one of these two. Is that how you've seen? Have you seen any previews of it? Yeah, I saw that a little bit, and... uh... 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to revisit that mm-hmm. one. I remember the Sports Illustrated article, Bagot Michael. Is that, I don't remember it. We had the front cover with okay. him swinging and missing at a pitch yeah. and telling him, yeah, baseball's not for you. But yeah, revisiting some of those memories because there's plenty in the basketball side that, oh yeah, the baseball side, because it was minor league baseball. And though it was mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, it was still minor league baseball. Go his deep manager was? Don't know. Terry Francona. Really? Yeah. How about that? That's a good one. Yeah, that he was. He, he managed him in Double A. All right. Uh, and what if they'll show with the Orlando? So remember, he came back. They got picked. They got beaten the playoffs. They did. I'll never forget the feeling that uh, that I had as a sports fan when he switched to twenty three. Remember, oh, yeah. he started the playoffs as forty five. Yeah. Because why Nick did Ant- he wear forty five? Do you know? I don't remember the the origin of the forty five. I just remember Nick Anderson saying, "Well, you know, forty five. He's not twenty three. Right. Jordan shows up in 23. And I thought to myself, look out, right? Because he's about to lay one on somebody. And then they sweep him the next yeah, year. Yeah, they did. And that was, uh, oh my God. I can't, well, I, I don't want it to end. But seven, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday at 8 o'clock should be fun. All right, Restaurant Radio Trend. We do this twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, NCMIC. We've had over 100 restaurants join us over the, how many weeks do you think it's been? Six or seven weeks now that we've yeah. done this? And uh, to come on and tell us the, your story, we'll continue to do so. And even when uh, we get the all clear, I think there's still going to be a need for this. So I don't see us ending this anytime soon. Maybe we'll drop back to a day or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this has been, um, I think it's served its purpose. Early in the week, Trent, we had, uh, well, we started with a business, our only business, non-restaurant. We had this week, the Attic in Ankeny. They're a consignment shop, a lot of antiques. If you live in Ankeny or you live around the area or you like those type of things, the Attic has probably been part of uh, your stops. We stayed in Ankeny and went to... Uh, to Pie Five Pizza, our buddy Steve there, and great deals going on right now with those pizzas. Five fifty-five for the calzones for the regular size pizzas. Five dollars and fifty-five cents. Not going to beat that. And didn't he say limitless toppings too? I yes. mean, this isn't just a cheese. This but build right. it. You can have what you want. Five fifty-five. Uh, Ri Restaurant is closed, but we found out about this little gem in Windsor Heights closed during these times, but they'll be open again. Trent, you know what's uh, what's um, been very clear to me is, and it obviously is another you need to get out more example, but just how many culinary opportunities there are in Des Moines. No doubt. There are, well, you said, hidden gems all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the places to go, the, the list had already been long. There, Oh, I'd heard of that place and it never been. Boy, it's grown here over these last six, seven weeks. And just number of places I want to try and, and hear all, all kinds of great things. And you hear that with RI Restaurant and somebody that... Uh, got a little connection to it's yes, Dr. Dan McGuire. His daughter uh, helps run RI Restaurant, so yeah. fun to reconnect there. Yeah, her uh, her and her husband mm-hmm. own the place, and uh, yeah, I didn't. I've never. Uh, I was never on with Dan McGuire, but certainly knew the name. We went to Carroll for Charlie's Steakhouse. Charlie's Steakhouse and Carroll was part of things. We talked to our friend Danielle at the uh, at the blood bank, the uh, LifeServe Blood Support Center. Uh, some good things happening down there, and then we made our way to the Iowa Tap Room. Look, they're known for their beer, but. I, I don't think the food gets enough credit. No, it, it's unbelievable. It's great there. I told you, one of my buddies, that's his spot. Every time he comes to town, and he comes quite often, he's a lawyer that does a lot of work over here. He lives in eastern Iowa. But You know a lot of lawyers. Why is that? Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> i got plenty of practice back in the day. I needed a lot of lawyers. No, 
a big group of my friends went to law school. Really? Yeah, and that was a reason for What it. happened to you? I'm uh, glad it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was not my line. I, I was just trying to get out. That was uh, what I was looking for. Law school, not in the cards with my GPA. How about the Cozy Cafe up in Johnston? More than breakfast. But breakfast all day. Oh, breakfast all day. But you got yes. a hankering for an omelet at 7 o'clock? Cozy Cafe can hook you up. They they will. They breakfast all day, but it's a really it's a it, there's a lot of food on that menu. You would be hard pressed not to find something that doesn't appeal to you. Bardinaro's, a uh, good Italian pizza place. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they? Southwest Ninth, I want to say you somewhere got it. in that yep. area. That is an institution on the south side. Been there since the 1970s. Yeah, 77. I want to say is looking out they, great pizza. Great. Yeah. What you'd imagine with. With the Southside Italian restaurant. They do it right at Bordenaris. Absolutely. I saw the picture of the place. It's one of those places you have to stop. You've been to Fire Creek a bunch of times. You and Tara. Tons. It is my wife's favorite. It's, I think, my favorite meal, the Asiago chicken. It's incredible. It's indescribable. Really? Put that on the list. It is something like I have never tasted before. It is a, a citrus kind of uh, sauce that they put on top of it. It is different. It is unbelievable. Hmm. Love Fire Creek. And well, we lived right next to there. There's... There's like a uh, Walgreens right there, and then there's these loft apartments just on the other side. So we lived there, and whenever well, paychecks would come in, it was a little bit earlier in our relationship. Let's have a nice dinner. Always made our way to Fire Creek. And you could stagger home from there, huh? <laughs> yes. the, the range learned about this. It's a, a great food, but they, you know, it's one of those destination places. Uh, yeah, you can go and you can eat and get back in the car and leave, but you can also play on the golf simulator before, after. They got a really nice bar. The range uh, joined us, as did Wisco Pub. And I didn't put two and two together prior to this, but Wisco, Wisconsin. Cheese. Two different types of cheese curds. I mean, you're, you're a Wisconsin type of bar and restaurant that's what you're doing and that's what they're doing at wisco pub and grub two different kinds of cheese balls or great things about their food and i saw i think it was about a week ago their refrigerator had gone out their big fridge that they had everything they got obviously it it all fixed up but i mean you just talk about can you imagine owning a restaurant you're going through this and no oh on top of it our our refrigerator went out they're all good. They're good to go and uh, certainly help them out. Wisco Pub and Grub. And for you Packers, you Badger fans out there, you can hit them up too. On Merle Hay, correct? Yes. Merle Hay Just a little bit south of where the uh, mall is there. Gotcha. Well, we were scheduled to have uh, Scott from Court Avenue Brewing Company, Americana, Gilroy's, and the Iowa Craft Beer Tent. Uh, we missed him. Hopefully, we will uh, reschedule him. Been to Americana for both the brunch and for lunch. Great spot. All right, down there on uh, on. on Court Avenue, right? Yes. Absolutely. Um, what do you got for the weekend? Last uh, Dance Sunday night? Yes, got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the Iowa Orange Bowl is going to be on It's 11 o'clock at, uh, on Sunday morning. Is it on one of the digital tiers? Or I big? don't think so. I think it's just said ch- I think channel 13. Wow. Well, we don't have the sound on. Right. Uh, but I thought that's... Well, it's 11 o'clock, so... And I didn't have it. I had ESPN on in here, so I didn't even... Well, I don't touch the it. remote. Oh, <laughs> It's probably a good idea. All right. I don't want to touch the gas pump. I don't want to touch yeah. anything. You wear gloves when you're going out now? Yes. Yeah. I look stupid. Mask? Yes. I mean, I've got, you know, the gloves, I've got the the, uh, the dishwashing gloves. Okay. The yellow ones? The blue. Oh, they're blue. Okay. Yeah, but the same thing as the yellow ones. Yes. Yeah, I walk into a store like, well, look at that's the time, right? It I is. Mean, that's, look, I'm, I'm healthy. Mm. Knock on wood. But I'm 61. And those are the ones you hear about, you know, yeah. 60 plus. Take extra precaution. Having done all of those things to your body, and that's going to take me out? No, it's not. I'm going to, or at least I'm going to do my best not to. So can we finish up another week here? Are we going to start to get news next week? No. 
week after. Yes. Get through the middle of May, basically next weekend. I it'd think be so. The 16th, 17th. And- it does feel like these next two weeks we're going to get some clarity. I think the AHL is going to get some clarity this afternoon or maybe okay. later this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and the word from the Canadian hockey media that I follow is the AHL season will officially be canceled today. We'll see if that's true or not. But they all feel like uh, that the Board of Governors, the AHL, has a, uh, has a meeting today, a Zoom meeting or a teleconference, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they anticipate that the AHL will officially um, end their 2019-2020 season at some point today. So for a long time, you've also felt that the NHL is done. Yes. Are you walking back on that? It's too much money, right? It's too much money. There's too much TV contracts. Uh, I don't think they'll invite all the teams back. I mean, can you imagine being out of the playoffs and have to come back for two weeks, please? Come back and play five games. I think they'll expand the playoffs, though. I think they'll go from 16. 16 teams now make it. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a model with 24. Okay. And teams 17 through 24 have some short series to determine who. Best of three. Yeah, even a one like game. I, I would love to see that in the NBA when they decide what they're going to do is, mm-hmm. I mean, March Madness, one and right. done, and do that for the final spots. I know that's been bandied about a lot in NBA circles even before this and doing something like that. The 7 seed plays the 10, the 8 plays the 9, and the winners move on to the main bracket and, and the series. But it's money. Yeah. You know, you, we've talked about, we've heard so much about opening things up financially here in the state of Iowa, but that goes for everywhere. Mm-hmm. People, this is how people make their money. And it's not just the athletes, it's no. not just the owners, but the people inside the buildings. It's the people engine. that run the buildings. Yes. Not all these buildings are owned by the actual organizations. You have that component too. A lot of people out there looking and trying to find a way. And I think in the end, we're going to have it. What it's going to look like, though, is going to be a lot different than what we're used to. No doubt. We'll have Matt Rudy on next week. Did you see the trash talk between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods yesterday? <laughs> that was outstanding. Boy, that's good. <laughs> Manning, he could talk trash with the best of them. Mickelson's ribbon on Tiger, and Tiger says... He looks at him and says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm catching a chill. Hang on a second. He, he gets out of his chair. He reaches in front and pulls out a green jacket and puts oh, it on. Nice. Oh, nice. Oh, good, outstanding. <laughs> we, might have, we might have some baseball news next week. If I had to pick a sport, we yeah. might get some clarity. Anyways, Murph and Andy will be here at 2. The Fanatics in here at 4. Uh, tomorrow morning, the Saturday morning pregame show. Sean Roberts, Emery Songer will be back on Monday. So will the Morning Rush. Thanks for being here. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3.